That reminds me of something I was just reading. So I'm going to read it to you real quick. I have no idea who Goethe is. <laughs> the G-O-E-T-H-E. I don't know. It must be a philosopher. Do you know him? German? Minister or something? Philosopher, okay. Well, uh, so Henry Drummond, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he, he quotes him in this. And um, he said, uh, talent develops itself uh, in solitude, character in the stream of life. Talent develops itself in solitude, the talent of prayer, of faith, of meditation, of seeing the unseen. Character grows in the stream of life. That chiefly is where men are, t- are to learn to love. This is uh, called The Greatest Thing in the World. You can get it free online. Um, but it's an excellent book on love. And if you've never read it before, uh, just prepare to like have something to chew on because it's a very uh, intense book on love. But it will, uh, it's very illuminating, and it'll help you very much. But I thought of that with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Somebody said, I have no problem walking in love, but uh, they're not around people. Brother Hagin used to always say, he said, just about the time I thought it, I had it together walking in love, something would come along and put my feet right where my head was just a minute ago. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm glad it happens that way because I suppose otherwise you, you could end up starting to look to yourself and uh, think, well, I don't really need the Lord. But, you know, we need him every moment uh, especially really when we think we don't. That's when you're in dangerous territory because you really need to latch on to him and hold on to him for every moment. And I wanted to read you at least a portion of this. Uh, when I was praying the other day, this kind of rose up in my spirit and um, uh, I felt like maybe I should um, share it with you. And um, it was uh, for, for our church And uh, so it's interesting how it came, so I'll just read how it came. Father, today, make this so real to us. Help us see this more clearly and grab hold more firmly to it than anything that is natural or anything that is of this world. There's something about faith. If we could see true reality, faith is a total commitment of yourself and your situation to God as an act of your will. You see and hear what others have to say, and you see and hear on the inside what God has to say. And with your will, you set yourself, you commit yourself and your way to the Lord. You give it to him, the situation, wholly and completely. Like, okay, I've decided I'm going to believe you. As an act of my will, I refuse to doubt. As an act of my will, I believe what you did and said about healing, an act of my will. So I'm not going to let the situation dictate how I act. The sense realm, the realm of reason, the enemy, etc. I will act. Act on what you have said. Act on your will. Okay, so since I choose, I've willed to uh, believe God. Now as an act of the will, I see myself the way he sees me. Uh, I see the way he sees I am because let God be true and every man a liar. So I know him and his voice. I commit to that. I know him because of and through Jesus. Jesus is Lord. When he speaks, I listen. When I believe God, something happens. When I say the name of Jesus, something happens. When I act in faith, when I act based on my belief of what God said, because I believe what he said about this, because I chose to trust him, because I trust that he said uh, what he said, because I am in awe of him. 
Nothing is impossible with him because I choose to live in awe of him and be conscious of his awesomeness because he said to believe him. He commanded or told me to and reminds me of it. And I choose as an act of my will to obey because I believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord. I choose to believe. I set myself to believe as an act of my will. I believe him. I believe God. When I act in faith, then I can declare what will happen because I'm given over to his will and his word and to him, and he said what is. So come on, you have the faith of God himself, and the faith of God can, can do and will do anything if you can uh, or w- that Jesus can or would do. You don't have some kind of earthling kind of faith. When you feed your faith on the word regularly and exercise it, you are strong in faith. Faith in God will move any mountain. Most mountains have been well established. That does not matter to faith in God. Come on, organs function normally. Cancer, shrivel up and die. Faith is in the word of God. It is the word of faith. Faith is in the gospel message. Faith is in Christ, in his name. For his name contains his authority, his victory, his rapport with the Father, his sacrifice, his blood, the anointing, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of the Messiah of God. It is as if he himself were saying and doing it. It has been commissioned and authorized, excuse me, I have been commissioned and authorized by him uh, to do this. Come on, whatever you need, talk to him right now. Look to him right now. He loves you. He's not trying to keep it from you. He's trying to get it to you. If you would only believe him, just decide right now. I'm just going to believe it. I'm just choosing to believe it right now. Shut up, devil. I don't believe you anymore. You liar. God never lies. Yet you are the source of lies, and you say... um, and you try to say, he lies. I don't believe you anymore. I'm fine. I'm finished with you. It's got autocorrect, so I have to like uh, interpret. I have decided to follow Jesus, and I'm not turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to act like the Bible's true because it is. Every word is. So God said, I was healed, therefore I am. Therefore I'm getting well right now. No sense in waiting. So if I see something in my body, I say now. Oh no, you're not allowed here. Jesus already took care of you. You can't be on me, in me, or around me. He authorized me and told me to do this. You are not welcome here. You have to leave. I refuse to allow you here in Jesus' name. Now I'm well. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Thank you, I'm not sick anymore. Thank you, I don't have to succumb to this any long, anymore. You are strong in faith. You grow strong in faith, giving glory to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You believe he is able. The situation doesn't matter. Be bold. When I boldly confess, then and then only do I possess. These are the words of faith, the words that come from faith, the words that are made of faith. Uh, They are made from and come from faith. That we speak. What we are saying is of faith from faith. These words burst forth from faith, from hope, trust, fear, obedience, and belief. Uh, 
Because you decided to trust him, to believe him, you are committed to this. I have also believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Therefore we speak. We speak out our belief. We speak what we have willed to believe. What as an act of our strong will we have chosen to grab. It is ours. I believe God. I believe God. Say that. I believe God. Say it with me. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. Shout that. I believe God. In the face of whatever you're facing, I believe God. He said, I'm healed, so I am. Thank you, Father, right now. Oh, it's so good to be free, so good to be healed, so good to be living in abundance, in his abundance. And so now I'm so full of joy. I'm so full of abundant joy. And then I saw this while I was praying. It's like a, I don't know how any better way to describe it, so I'll just say what I wrote. It's like a balloon in a balloon. And so like if you blow up this big balloon and like your life is a balloon inside that balloon. Okay, so like uh, say like the, the outer balloon is your outer shell, your physical body, your earth suit, uh, some people call it. And then like you have the inner balloon, which is your spirit. And as you allow the word of God to penetrate your spirit and you allow that to be more alive to you than what you see in the outer shell, your inner balloon begins expanding and expanding, expanding, expanding until it begins to affect the outer balloon and you're living like a full life. So I'm saying fullness, not only in the aspect of um, you are in love with God, but fullness in freedom. You know, I believe that fear is a greater bondage to more believers than what we realize. Because when we think of fear, we tend to look at um, if somehow... One of the last circuses that is in existence in the United States went by and this roaring lion was let in, in here and we kind of were all like, wah! Like this intense, very evident thing. Or if somebody, you know, uh, you know, was trying to do something very, very evil. But actually, fear will hold you back from even applying for the promotion at your job. Or fear will hold you back from even saying something kind to someone on the metro. Or fear will hold you back from being close with your husband or wife. Or fear will hold you back from even getting into the word or praying. Because that's for other people. Because you don't measure up. and Because what if God doesn't accept you? Because what if you don't say the right thing or do the right thing? And so fear actually can be quite um, pervasive or permeate so many areas of our life that we're not even conscious of. That's why we want to live not after the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Because if you live after the flesh, you will surely die. But if by the Spirit you mortify or put to death the deeds of the body, then you will have life and you will live what really is. There's uh, one, one place that says uh, that we'll have life that truly is life. I think it's in Timothy. Life that truly is. And so God wants us to live life that truly is. Do you know it's not an abundant life when you, have, when you don't have enough finances to meet your needs and to be able to give? Do you know that it's not abundant life when you don't have full health in your body, when you have any sense of, of lack of perfect health in your body? Do you know that it's not full life when you don't uh, 
have consciousness of the hope that we have and the promise that we have and the security that we have in Christ and the blessings that we have in him, that it's not, um, you're not living full life. T.L. Osborne used to say, world evangelist went on to heaven now, he used to say, so many people are dead while they live. Do you understand that? In other words, you see my body, I'm going through the motions, I go into work, I clock in, I clock out, or I'm salaried, so I get the check every half and I get the check, and um, I just go about my routine, it's just another week, it's another day, it's another July, and they're not like living real life. Sometimes the reason we don't live real life is because of a bad experience that we went through, and we say, oh yeah, yeah, I'm over that, but actually, we're looking back like this over our shoulder as we're living life, and we may, we may go like this, but we're like, yeah, I'm over it. I can see you're over it. You got like a twitch in your neck, you know, but, but thank God for the Holy Ghost, because you know what? Some people do this, and they don't even know they do it. But the Holy Ghost, when you get in the presence of God and you live from the word and the spirit, he reveals and he shows and he brings the truth, all reality, the spirit of truth. He reveals it all. In other words, he kind of takes off like if you had this and uh, this is maybe not a good example, but if I had a clear coat in a cellophane and I had it over my Bible, I could like kind of press in it and see the words and, and see and everything like that. But as soon as the Holy Ghost comes and he reveals, now it's clear and there's nothing blocking it. And I can see very clearly exactly what the word of God says. And when I see that, uh, the, the, the interesting thing about the Lord is he will never condemn you. Do you know like we condemn ourselves or who really condemns us the most is the devil. And... Um, but sometimes we're really hard on ourselves and we side in with him. And how can two walk together except they be agreed? So then you're in agreement with the devil and then you're in a bad situation. You want to be actually in agreement with God. And God does not condemn. But what happens, you know, when you, when you uh, the biggest corrections I've ever had have come from the Lord. Okay? Admonishments and corrections. But when the Lord corrected me, do you know what? I'd have to think because I don't want to be dishonest. But as, as at the top of my head, I cannot even think of this. When the Lord has ever said, what are you doing? Stop doing that. You know what he says? He shows me his word and I see the truth so clearly that I recoil. And I had no idea I was doing that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or sometimes if you're doing something bad, like you know, maybe you're going to say something to somebody you know you really shouldn't say, you just, your own spirit will like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't go along with that because I'm like one with the Lord and you're trying to do all that. But when, when the Lord shows you things, it's never condemning. It's actually, you see the truth and you see it so clear that the, that the lie and the falseness and the fakery is so uh, appalling to you that you're like, I'm turning away from that. And so you see the reality. Do you understand what I'm saying? He shows you the reality. He shows you the truth. And when you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free or set you free. So, you know, the ultimate thing for every single one of us is the truth of the word of God, the reality of the word of God. And the reality of the word of God is that when, 
Christ came. He came. He lived a perfect, uh, sinless life as a man anointed of God. Okay? He's the ultimate example for us. I say a man. I don't mean a male. I mean a mankind. Right? So he's the ultimate example for us. Yet he knew uh, that we were weak. So God said, before the foundation of the world, he's a lamb slain. So before this whole thing starts, I've got the answer, actually more than the answer, and it's all taken care of, so no matter what they do, I've got it. I've already paid it before I created them. It's already paid. It's already already complete. And so um, then Jesus rose from the dead, and Paul said, you know, some people say like, well, when Christ was on the cross, he said, it is finished, so that was the end. Well, that was the end of the old covenant. He had fulfilled all he was to do before he went to hell. That was before, actually, he went to hell, defeated the devil, got the keys of death and hell and all the power of the enemy. And then he rose again from the dead with those keys, with that freedom. So that his raising from the dead conquered death itself, conquered every stripe that was laid on him, so every sickness and every disease, and conquered all of the power of the enemy and all of the penalty for sin. Do you understand? Jesus, I mean, excuse me, God laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. All of our sins, all of our bents to do sinful things, all of bad habits were put on Jesus. Jesus went to hell, paid the price, and then defeated the devil. In other words, total, complete victory, total, complete freedom. Do you understand? Like, Because the devil wants to say, like, well, because uh, God is just. And the devil's going to say, well, yeah, but they did this or they didn't do this, and so I have a right to do this to them. Well, he would, because of the legal thing, if it weren't for Christ. But you see what Jesus did is he came and said, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, all these people here, I'm paying their tab. And I'm paying it ahead of time. So they can come sit at the table and feast at the table and they don't have to worry about the bill because I already paid the bill. And then the devil said, well, we found out that the bill, like when, when the bill was paid, that they have to die because they messed up, so they have to die. And then not only that, they had to pay the penalty for what they did. And not only that, they had to be conscious of the missing that they did. No, 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 no. The the blood of Jesus actually removes the very consciousness of sins, the very stain that sin left on your life. The blood of Jesus actually removes that. And so Jesus took all of that. So when we say that Christ rose from the dead, he took our place in all of that. He took our place on the cross. He took our place in the grave. He took our place in hell so that we didn't have to go there. Praise the Lord. That's right. And so he gave us freedom. And so that is the gospel message. It's the message of Christ that the anointed one in his anointing, the Messiah of God, uh, he did this for every person. He did it for every single person. And that when we accept that and when we receive that, then that same resurrection life is birthed in us. New creation is whew. And we're not even the first one. Jesus is the firstborn of a new generation, a new species of being. We're a new breed. 
And so Jesus came as the forerunner of this, and he went through and experienced before of us, and then he took all of that. So now we live in his resurrection life. So we have what the Bible calls Zoe. Remember Jesus said, John 10, 10. The thief hasn't come but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. So I wanna ask you, look at your situation, look at your life. Is something happening in your life that you're wondering about that is stealing, killing, or destroying? Then you know that is not of God. That is actually of the devil. You know that's not even of yourself. It's of the devil. Steal, kill, destroy. Is it a lie? He's the father of lies. All right? Why do I say all that? Well, if you can't identify, if you think something is God in your life bringing something to teach you or to help you, then you will accept it and you will open the door to it and you'll say, come on. The only problem is when people tend to believe that, they still a lot of times go to the doctor and are going against what they think is the will of God. That makes no sense. Because man, whether he wants to admit it or not, even religious man, uh, seeks for a life of freedom even in the health arena. You know, when you're not healthy, even if it's something small, there's not freedom in that. There's bondage in that. that that's that's holding, you, holding you back and holding you down. And so um, Jesus came, he said, that you might have life or zoe or life the way God has it and that more abundantly. In other words, fulfilling life. In other words, you go to bed at night, and uh, uh, T.L. Osborne used to say, he and F.F. He uh, Bosworth would talk, and he wrote what Christ the Healer, and they say, we go to bed at night and rub our grinning muscles because we're so thrilled at like, what the Lord has done and how wonderful everything is. That's how we all ought to go to bed, <laughs> because you have a full life. In other words, I did everything my father asked me to do today. I didn't miss one bit. I did exactly what he said. And if I did make this little mistake, I confessed it. And whoo, the reality of the resurrection of Christ was alive in me. And so um, we ought to live that way, live in that fullness of life. So Jesus said, I have come that you might have zoe, the life of God, the nature of God, and have it more abundantly. Well, what is the nature of God? Well, the biggest part of the nature of God is his love nature. The love of God. The love of God conquers every single situation. Jesus, all he did was an act of love. When he healed the sick, that was love. When he preached deliverance to the captives, that was love. So, in Christ is love, and in Christ is freedom, and Christ is really the summation of the gospel. So you'll see in the word of God that they went and they preached Christ unto them. They really preached the gospel unto them. In other words, they preached Christ, they preached about the anointed one that was to come, that had come, was anointed, and conquered, and showed the will of God, and gained total freedom and total life. So you don't have to live under the law anymore. In other words, you don't have to live under your ability to make yourself right anymore. Now you live by faith alone. You believe God. In other words, this is what God said, so I believe what he said. And if I believe what he said, then 
I have what he said. In other words, when you believe God, it changes how you live your life. Right? If you, um, if your boss said, you know, I was praying yesterday and I don't hardly pray, but I feel like the Lord told me to give you uh, what, $1,110,000. And so here is a cashier's check for you. I think it would change how you live just a little. Even if you put most of him in retirement, I think most people would do a little something. And so, and, but because he's a human, you might wait until you get it in the bank. And then the bank tells you, yeah, it's in your account now. You're going to be like, So at some point, something's going to happen with that money where you're going to believe that it's yours. And once you believe it's yours, it's going to affect how you live. But if your boss is always lying to you and not being honest with you and always trying to figure out a way not to pay you, and he says, hey, I got this million dollar, million hundred, one, $1.1 million for you, uh, you might be like, yeah, I believe it when I see it. But this is why our faith is in God and not in ourselves. Jesus said, have faith in God. Mark 11, uh, 22, have faith in God. Lay hold on God's faithfulness. Jesus answering said, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. So actually, when we believe God, we don't have what God says as per se. We believe what we say when we act according to Mark 11, 22, and 23. 22 actually says you'll have whatever you say. 23 says you'll have whatever, if you believe, you receive when you pray. You ha you'll have what you're asking for. Do you understand? It's kind of two different things. One is you're just speaking it, and the other is you're speaking it, but it's in the context of prayer, and then you're to believe that you receive it. The other one, you're to believe you have what you say. In other words, speak to this mountain. And it has to move. In other words, you believe what you say. Jesus said, have faith in God or have the faith of God. And we can have the faith of God because he gave us his very faith. He's given to every man among you the measure of faith. Don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think. But think soberly according as God has given to every man the measure of faith. Um, and so... How did he give every man the measure of faith? How did, how did he give every man the measure of faith? Every man among you. There he's talking to the Romans. Every man among you. How did he give every man the measure of faith? Romans chapter 10. So then, 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How can they hear, or how, how can they believe unless they hear? I want to read you that in a different translation. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then, faith is out of the source of that which is heard, and that which is heard, the message, is through the agency of the word concerning Christ. And this proves that faith comes from a message heard, and that the message uh, comes through it having been spoken by Christ. I really like that translation. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And this one says... And this proves that faith comes from a message heard and that the message comes through it having been spoken by Christ. Or you could even say lived by Christ. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, I like how Pastor Mark says it. He said, the word was spoken so that it could be written so that it could be spoken. Right? So um, the word of God is alive and it is powerful And when we speak it, it has power in our situation. It becomes real in our situation. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How can they hear without a preacher? In other words, a proclaimer. In other words, someone's to tell them. And so that's how faith comes. Think of it like like I always direct us back. How did you first get born again? Well, you heard. You might have had something stirring in you. You probably did have something stirring in you. The Holy Ghost is like convicting and telling and all this stuff because uh, that's what he does with the sinner. And so then all of a sudden somebody said, have you ever heard of Jesus? Do you know about Jesus? Do you know like you can have a life that's beyond yourself, a life of freedom, a life of hope, a life of, well, it depends on what they knew, how much they knew about it, but I would say like a life of health. And so as soon as you heard that, They gave heed unto the disciples, both seeing and hearing the miracles which they did. For unclean spirits came out of many with a loud voice. And the woman with the issue of blood, when she had heard of Jesus, said, if I can touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And so faith comes by hearing. So she actually received faith to be healed by hearing that Jesus was the healer. Why? Because Jesus said, Mark, uh, Mark chapter 5, starts with verse 25, it goes on down. Uh, Jesus said, um, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Be whole and, and go. Her faith made her whole. And so your faith can make you whole. Your faith can make you well. But first you have to hear. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So I, for whatever reason, I mean, my church didn't really emphasize it. Uh, I don't know that they taught that much on it, but they weren't against it. Uh, That Jesus was the healer. I didn't know that growing up. I wasn't conscious of that. And so um, I couldn't have faith for that. In other words, I couldn't make, like we've been talking about, this solid decision where I'm turning away from everything, uh, circumstances, and the power of the world, and the power of uh, natural... um, what do you, not natural, but it's very unnatural. Uh, sickness and disease and things that would be in the world. I couldn't have any confidence to turn from them because I didn't know. But as soon as I knew, I heard it and I thought, wait a second, what is that? And so then I started looking for myself. And that's when the word works for you, when you actually look for yourself. 
You see, because if you do something because I preached it or somebody else preached it, um, you probably won't get the results of the word of God even if they're preaching the word of God because you're doing it based on what they said rather than based on what Jesus said. The Bereans were more noble because they searched the scriptures to see if these things were really so. So as soon as you hear the word of God, you know, Obviously, if you know the word and you hear a preacher preaching it and it bears witness with you, uh, but the point is we're to get in the word and make the word become so much a part of us that we act based on that word. And so um, if you ever uh, get the mentality of faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, I haven't heard enough of the word, well, that could be the case. That could not be the case. But where I see people kind of stumble up is they feel like... Um, they're like on an eternal quest to get enough word to be able to be healed. One word of God is enough if you have faith in it. If you're established in it. In other words, if it becomes yours. In other words, you don't want it just to be, this is Pastor Tim preached, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. I, I did that, Pastor Tim. I did exactly what you said and it didn't work. I'll say, well, next time, go do exactly what Jesus said. Because if you're acting based on what Jesus said, in other words, you heard Pastor Tim say it, but you saw like T Pastor Tim repeated what Jesus said. And so I see that Jesus said that. So that it's not me standing behind it to make it happen, but it's Jesus standing behind it to make it happen, and God stands behind the word of Jesus. You understand? So your faith is based in the word of God and on the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The rhema of Christos, the word that comes alive to you about the Christ one. I'm trying to say it lots of different ways so you can grab hold, hold on it, grab a hold of it. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So like if someone's never heard of Jesus Christ, that's a wonderful experience, and then you tell them about Jesus, and they're like, well, who wouldn't? That's my favorite response. I'm like, well, okay, I don't want to get into this discussion right now, but there's some people. Okay. <laughs> But so they're like, yes, and so you pray and they receive Christ, and their countenance changes, and they're, most of the time they're like, man, this big weight feels like it just came off of me, because they just heard and they acted on it. Do you know the same thing happens? I've seen the same thing happen with people with healing when they didn't know anything about it, typically if they hadn't been taught negatively about it, if it was just an unknown. Do you understand? Like if they're taught that God puts sickness on you to teach you something, they some normally have to have a little more washing of water by the word to be able to stand solid on that because they had attributed those things to God. And that's not true. That's not the word of God. And so they have to have a little more. But if they're, if they're kind of like fresh and not exposed to religious false teaching, you just say, you know what? He redeemed you. He bought you back paid for your sins, paid for your iniquities, and redeemed you. But that not only ends with your spirit, actually, he redeemed your body. So you can go ahead and get well right now. They'll be like, oh, okay. Because I went through that whole thing to say, like, faith in God happens in an instant. You just choose to believe. You know what I'm saying? You set your course. 
Like, if we're all here and we're all going to make fun of Melody and, like, just pick on her and why'd you wear that and what's with the makeup and, and you choose to say, someone stands up and says, no, this isn't right. We're not going to do this. <laughs> Thank you. That's like an, yeah, that's like an act of faith. Do you, you understand? That's like an act of faith. No, I'm not going that direction. And sometimes all the voices are pushing the other way. But if you let the word of God be more real to you, and the Spirit of God be more real to you than all the other voices, then you can just say, no, 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 no. I'm not going with that. I'm going with the Word of God. Well, yeah, but you certainly don't look healed. Well, yeah, but you spoke this, you spoke that. Da, 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 da. You say, you know what? It's not based on what I spoke. It's based on what Jesus spoke and what Jesus did. And I'm relying upon Him. And I'm relying upon His Word. And He's the one that set me free. You really need to go talk to Him about it. Right? Don't, don't feel like, certainly, you don't have to explain to the devil every little thing. You just point him to Jesus. <laughs> you know, say maybe uh, I can see that you're very ignorant and you must not understand because the Holy Spirit is the one that reveals these things and they're hidden from everybody else. So devil, they're hidden to you. So you shouldn't even expect to understand. You really shouldn't even try to understand because you won't understand because they are spiritually discerned and not evil spiritually discerned because you didn't even realize what you're doing when you're crucifying the Son of God. So just say, I don't understand it. He didn't say understand it. He said, just believe it, and I believe it, and I'm acting on it. Stand with me, if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that your word is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing our soul and our spirit. Father, we pray today, Father, that you would help us to not just be hearers of your word, but to be doers of your word. Father, that we put your word into practice. We thank you that Jesus is alive and he is alive in us. Father, we thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ, the freedom that the gospel message brings us. We declare that we are healed in every part of our body, that we are healed from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, we know that Jesus Christ paid for our freedom and paid for our healing. So we declare our bodies are well now. That our bodies are free. Free from any defect. Free from any abnormality. Free from any death in its beginning stages. That we are free from uh, every level that exists. From the very elements that make up our bodies that our bodies are whole and healthy in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the freedom that Christ bought us, for the life that's in him, the health that's in him, and we choose this moment, this day, to turn away from uh, our own ability and every other thing, and we turn towards Jesus Christ, and we receive his health, and we receive his healing, and we live our life from that place. Father, we thank you for giving us great freedom. Father, we thank you for freedom in our minds and freedom in our emotions. 
We declare that we are not bound any longer by any of the power of the enemy. We are not bound any longer by the sins of the past. We are not bound any longer by uh, memories that would try to hold us back. But Father, we turn and we look towards you and we receive your zoe, your life, your nature. And it gives us strength and it gives us ability and it gives us um, fullness of life. That is the abundant life. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, light and understanding, and boldness to make known the mystery of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. If you would like prayer for anything, someone to agree with you or lay hands on you, uh, come forward and we'll pray with you and for you. And um, have a great week. And uh, don't forget, if you want to see Pastor Mark, you can get details from um, anybody here or check online. And um, have a wonderful, blessed week. Thank you. For we trust in our God And through His own faith